1: What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? You are tuned in to the newest episode of the Fistful of Cash podcast. I am your host, Dale Lippin, in here with the co-hostess of all co hosts Soup, what's going on, man?
2: Nothing much. Uh, Watching the Vikings and Rams battle it out. Uh, Absolute shootout. Uh, Two quarterbacks playing at their finest. Uh, Kirk and Goff are both going going off right now. So, uh, good game. Happy to be here and ready to... uh, get into this exciting week of college football and NFL.
1: Yeah, it's going to be pretty wild. Um, Combat sports-wise, there's not a whole lot going on this weekend. Bellator's got a pretty good card, um, but it's not – there's a couple opportunities to make some money, and we'll go over that. Uh, But there's no UFC this weekend in preparation for the big fight next weekend, Um, which, you know, most of the – a lot of the airtime next week will be dedicated to Khabib-Connor talk. Um, But – That being said, with there's with not a whole lot going on combat sports wise this weekend and opportunities to make money. There's a little bit here and there. uh, We're going to spend most of this show talking about football, um, and I really think that there's no better way to start talking about football other than to just dive headfirst into the icy waters of Oregon and go Oregon versus Cal. What do you like about that game?
2: Um, So Oregon coming off a Heartbreaking defeat against Stanford. We covered it in the Tuesday touchback. Uh the fumble while trying to run out the clock. Stanford marched downfield, kicked the field goal to tie it, and then beat them in overtime. Uh <clears throat> they go on the road again this week to, you know, an underrated Cal team. That there's no doubt about it. Cal's good. Uh they're undefeated so far this season. But Oregon's offense, um, I th- you know they're one of the most talented offenses in the country if they can get out to a lead like they did against Stanford where they jump on them early, Cal doesn't have the offense that Stanford has. They don't have the Bryce loves in the, you know, the KJ Costellos to catch up to Oregon. Um, I like Herbert to come out. I like him to come out and try and prove a point. You know, it was a tough loss last week. I like them to go on the road and I like them to win this game. Um, Right now I'm getting them at minus one and a half. If you don't want to play the minus one and a half because you could see it being, I don't know, like 42, 41 game or something like that, just play the money line. There's really not a huge difference in the odds on your money. You're looking at like a minus 110 or like a minus 130. So just, you know, you can play the money line. We'll go with, we'll, we'll play it safe. We'll go Oregon money line over Cal Saturday night.
1: Yeah, I like that play. Um. I I feel more confident in Oregon just winning outright than I do a lot of times when you see those, those spreads where it's a point, point and a half, or, you know, two points, even those are, those can be so sketchy um, because it is college football. And like you said on a previous episode, it's not like there's college coaches walking around unaware of what the lines are. And, you know, nobody's ever going to convince me that a Coach does not know what the line is going into a game and realizes that they may or may not lose or, you know, that they that they will lose, uh, you know, if they find themselves in that position and say, well, at least I can help the boosters out a little bit. Let's at least cover, Um, you know, and then you see, you know, whatever these wild plays that don't make any sense, like you and I were talking about a couple a couple of weeks back where somebody just like, randomly kicking a field goal, right, even or- though you're down a touchdown or being
2: ten- being or being down nine points. Right. You know, with and you score a touchdown with five seconds left and you go for the two point conversion and you get it. And then you lose by one. Like, yeah, I I, yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. So a game like this, I like the money line uh, more than I like that point spread. I think that's the safer play. I I mean, I wouldn't fault anybody for playing either or. uh, But yeah, I I like that. I like them at, at a point and a half, too. So, you know, let's play the Oregon win um I'm with you on that one. I'm trying to find the line itself real quick just so that way uh Oregon's coming in at a minus 130. So yeah, you were you were dead to the money on that and that line has actually moved. It's it's Oregon minus 3 right now.
2: Yeah, um, I figured it would jump. I figured people would pound that pretty quick.
1: Yeah, so let's let let's play it safe here. Let's go Oregon uh Oregon money line. There's still some money to be made there. Um so switching up and and, and you know, moving to the other side of the country we've got another game that you and i talked about that we were really fired up about and that is the battle of the oranges syracuse versus clemson what do you like what don't you like about this
2: matchup so uh to you know just start off with it kelly bryant got benched clemson's going with the true freshman and trevor trevor lawrence um number one quarterback recruit in the or number two, I'm sorry, behind Justin Fields who's a Georgian. So number two quarterback recruit in the nation. Um, they believe in this guy, Kelly Bryan actually announced today. He stopped going to practice. He announced today that he's transferring. So right. he is a hundred percent lost his job. Um, Dabo thinks that Trevor Lawrence gives him the best shot to win the national title. I can't blame him because Trevor Lawrence is a way better passer than Kelly Bryan is. Um, they are a pass-heavy team with Trevor Lawrence in the lineup with a good defense. Now you go to the other side of the ball. Syracuse is a very run-heavy team. They're averaging almost three hundred yards a game on the ground. I think it's like two eighty-eight and a half or something like that. They have a good passing game. Their quarterback is a dual threat. You know he can he can throw the ball. He's uh, he doesn't make dumb mistakes, so it's not like a Georgia Tech where you're going to see him throw two or three times. He's going to throw the ball probably twenty times, right? Um, I I think right now Syracuse is coming at twenty five and a half, get, getting twenty five and a half points. I think Syracuse defense is good enough to hold what I think will be a nervous uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's got you know big shoes to fill. Um, with Deshaun Watson coming before Kelly Bryant, and Kelly Bryant taking them to the playoffs last year. So he's got some big shoes to fill. Um, I think Dabo's going to come out with more of a conservative game plan to ease his freshman quarterback in, because there's no doubt, I I, I truly believe that Clemson wins this football game. They are a more talented team on both sides of the ball. But I can see Dabo easing Lawrence in, like, hey, you you are our number one guy. You're going to play every snap now. In the way Syracuse runs the ball, they're gonna control a lot of the clock. They're gonna run a lot of the clock down. Twenty-five and a half points is a lot. Um, I think Syracuse is gonna score seventeen, maybe twenty points. I I don't know if Clemson's gonna break the forty. I really I really see like a fourteen or seventeen point victory out of Clemson here. I think it's gonna be a lot lower scoring than uh than everybody expects.
1: Yeah, I think so too, uh, with that and, you know, Syracuse has, they, they execute well on special teams. Um, they've got a, they've got a very, very solid, like you said, a very solid run game and, you know, they're, they're a, a team to be reckoned with. Um, if you're, if you're a mid tier level team and Clemson is not that, I mean, you know, there's a reason why they are favored to go to the playoff, um, you know they're really uh, going to look to make a statement with this game. You know you're going with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you, you're bidding Bryant adieu. You know wish him all the best. And I think I think Dabo did a good thing here by doing it when he did because that way he's able to get that extra year of
2: eligibility because of the four game rule. Um, so Which I think is, that that's crazy to me. That is crazy to me that they changed that where you can play four games and still redshirt. Right that just blows my mind. I mean, you're playing a, a a third of the season, but you can still redshirt. That's that's just weird. I don't I don't get it. But well, I mean, I think he's doing him some favors with that cuz you know, I, I, like I've said before
1: in other episodes, I'm in Clemson country. Um and, you know, the consensus here is and you, you know, even the interviews that he's done is that he hasn't necessarily done anything wrong. It's that it's just that Trevor Lawrence is, seems to be the guy You know, so it's like you have an old reliable pickup truck and somebody just gifts you a brand new one. You just drive the newer one. I mean, yeah, the old one works fine, but this one works, you know, just as well and it's more fun to drive. So I think that's what they're seeing with Trevor Lawrence. And I like the idea of them coming out and being, you know, looking for a statement win, showing, you know, trying to showcase that they were doing the right thing uh, with this decision. I'm with you in that I think it's going to be a lot lower scoring than people think. Um, There is no doubt in my mind that Clemson is going to win this game. However, like you alluded to, I think that line at 25 and a half, uh, I think Syracuse can cover that. So I like Syracuse to cover. This game will be competitive, I'll say, for a quarter and a half, and then it's going to get real. uh, It'll be uncompetitive, but slow moving after
2: that is what I think. So yeah. here's a just a look at um, Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy. Uh, he gets a lot of comparisons to Tim Tebow. Um, just a quick run on his numbers real quick. So far this year, I mean, he's, what, 800 passing yards on 65% completion, nine touchdowns and a pick. So pretty good. Um, now we go to the running of the ball. Week one against Western Michigan. 15 carries, 200 yards. Uh, Week two, 11 carries, 45 yards. Week three, nine carries, 43 yards. And then last week against UConn, 16 carries for 77 yards for four total touchdowns. The kid's a legit dual threat. Uh, If they can get third and shorts, he can make it happen. He can extend drives. Clemson's defense will shut down, like shut them down in the red zone. I truly believe that. But they're going to get, you know, two touchdowns and a couple field goals. I think the 25-and-a-half is the right play here. I think so, too. Did,
1: I'm trying to remember. Refresh my memory real quick, if you can recall it. Clem, who did Clemson lose to last year? In the college football playoffs? No, no. Did they
2: have a regular season loss last year? Um, I know two years ago it was Pitt. Okay. In Clemson. I, Cause I know
1: I'm, that. I'm trying to think I'm pretty sure that Dungey has history with Clemson in some way shape or form. Um I like he got hurt during like they knocked him out or some, something happened where uh with, with him. And I sh- I should have did the research on it before we got started. Now I'm well, in here. They, your- they
2: they beat Syracuse in 2016 54 to nothing.
1: Okay, uh, and that-,
2: that was that was Deshaun Watson. That wasn't um, that wasn't Kelly Bryant or Trevor Lawrence. So that's a, that's a whole different that's a whole different ball player right there. Deshaun right. Watson was yeah. It's a- I'm just trying to think though. I could have swore two years ago the Syracuse You're played right. Cle- they, lost, they lost Syracuse at Syracuse
1: last year, twenty seven twenty four. That's what I thought. I could, right. and I could have swore Dungy led. He had some ridiculous stat line like three touchdowns or something with them last year so i think you know syracuse plays clemson tough all that you know babbling just to say that syracuse plays clemson tough regardless of who's uh behind center for clemson i like the 25 and a half i think syracuse is going to cover that we don't need to go into it any further than that i that's that's my play uh i'm with you on that syracuse is going to cover that 25 and a half points so if you don't have anything else to say about that, let's go. Let's get on to NFL.
2: No, that's it. That's it for college.
1: All right. Cool. So NFL this week. Um, again, it's a tale of a tale of two coasts. Let's start. Let's start East Coast this time. Giants versus Saints.
2: What do you like? What don't you like? Okay. Um, I like Drew Brees. It's as simple as that. The way the <laughs> way he is playing right now, it's it's amazing. When you have Alvin Kamara and he's only got like 150 yards rushing. But the, the the running backs got almost 31 receptions out of the backfield. Like, the way Drew Brees is throwing the ball around right now is ridiculous. Michael Thomas is setting records. Uh, he's on pace for, like, 210 catches and over 2,000 yards. That's not – you know, he's not going to hit 210 catches. But he's got 37 through three games. Him and Drew Brees are on a different level as far as quarterback-wide receiver combination goes. Um, he's got the old dog and Ben Watson going, which I love to see as a Georgia fan, as a Patriot fan, you know, Ben Watson was huge for the Pats. Uh, he's got Ben Watson going, um, and the giants, you know, last week, uh, they beat the Texans and Eli looked good. Like Eli looked really good in the first half. Um, Saquon Barkley is everything that we thought he was going to be. He's a freak, um, But they're still struggling. I mean, they struggled with a bad Houston team. They couldn't do anything outside of a 66-yard touchdown rush by Saquon week one against the Jags. Uh, And they got eaten alive by Dallas. I mean, mean, they absolutely deplorable Cowboys. Just shut down. (laughs) The only person who did anything was Barkley, who caught like eight passes out of the backfield. I mean, the Giants have the weapons, but – the Saints have more weapons and the Saints defense was good last year they have the the players that can make plays. I think the three is low here um, I was actually interested by this matchup until the line came out and when I saw it was Saints minus three uh, I had to I had to jump on that It's hard to go against Drew Brees when he is on absolute fire right now.
1: Yeah, I think Fire is almost even, I wish there was another term to put it. I mean, he's lit, his completion percentage is over 80% for the year. He he hasn't thrown an interception yet. So we're going week 4, he hasn't thrown an interception yet. I mean, he literally is he's playing lights out. He's playing well on fire however you want to put it. Um when he's playing as well as he's playing, the Saints almost have to be favored in every game. They're they're, you know, they're featured in with the exception of maybe against you know the rams or the vikings or something like that outside of that i mean from an offensive standpoint there's not a lot of teams that can keep pace with them and i don't think that you know new york is going to be able to you know keep pace if drew Brees goes out there and plays like he's played in weeks one through three you know they don't even necessarily have to have a great defensive performance uh New Orleans, I mean, you know, in the sense that he's – that offense is just clicking so well that, you know, a busted up Eli who's obviously on the tail end of his career, um, you know, Saquon can't carry this team to victory by himself uh you know it literally Eli's gonna have to come out put together a good performance like he had last week he's gonna have to find Odell he's gonna have to get you know he's literally gonna have to do all those little intangibles right he's gonna have to put together a A perfect game a dang near perfect game exactly for them to win this um you know maybe Saints outright but I don't like that money line I like the Saints with the spread I think Saints are gonna cover the minus three I like that call I think that's the right play um So switching over, like I said, a tale of two coasts. Let's go to the West Coast, the left coast. What do you got going on? What do you like? What don't you like with Seattle versus uh, Arizona?
2: So what I like um, is Seattle's performance last week. Um, I get the whole thing going on with Earl Thomas, not going to practice, but showing up for games and forcing their hand um, basically into a trade. You know, he's having his way with Seattle's front office. But they finally got their run game going. It seems like they finally have a line combination. Um, They really shut down Dallas's um, pass rush. Um, Russell Wilson is the ultimate game changer. He is the ultimate X factor. There's not a quarterback in the league who can keep a play alive like Russell Wilson can. Um, Arizona's defense is good. They've got Pat Pete. Um, they've got Chandler Jones on the line. They're a tough defense. But I don't – I'm sorry. I just don't see Josh Rosen winning his first career NFL start. They threw him under the gun last week, down by two, four and a half minutes left, ball at their own 15. They give the rookie the ball and say, go win us the game. Yeah. He throws a pick. Um, Chicago didn't capitalize on the pick, and Rosen had another chance. He did have a nice scramble on a third down to pick up a first – and give them a chance at a Hail Mary. ended up taking a sack on the Hail Mary, I believe. I just think his game awareness and his game speed is he's not ready for NFL yet. Um, you got to give a guy some reps and give him chances to get uh, accustomed to NFL speed. It's a whole different game than college. Um, I think Seattle wins this game pretty easily. Uh, This is another one where I think the three points is low. So I'm going to go Seattle minus three in this one.
1: Yeah. And I'm with you on that. I mean, the line has actually moved to three and a half, but you can always buy that half point, um, bring it down to three. I'm with you. The Rosen thing, I thought was, one, I thought it was mean-spirited. Um, and I also thought maybe it was a little bit, uh, I'll, I'll go with unprofessional. Um, that that really, I, I understand that Bradford's not playing well, but to literally throw that on that kid. And like you said, he's not used to game speed. So if there is game speed, then there is end game. Try not to lose speed, and you're—I mean—you're throwing that kid to the wolves. I mean, it was essentially, you know, you covered him in stakes and threw him to the wolves instead of just putting him out there with them. I mean, he was and literally. Like, Mac was the wolf. Ex- exactly. That's I mean, the just, worst thing about it, <laughs> right? Exactly. And not only is he like the wolf, I mean, he's like he—he's a a grizzly bear even that hasn't been fed in a long time. I mean, that's just not right to do that to to the guy. Uh, I think that you know he he has the potential to be a decent NFL quarterback, but you got to get him his reps, like in early series of the games, or in garbage time, or something like that. To just throw him in there at the end of the game, like you said, and just be like win this for us—that's that's, that's cold blooded, man. That's ice cold. I think he's going to come out. He's going to be rattled. I think Seattle's going to have their way with Arizona. They're already bad this year. I think Seattle is going to, you know, enjoy a. I'm not going to say an easy win, but I think that this game is going to be more lopsided than the line would indicate. I mean, money line-wise, Seattle's coming in at a minus 175. The over-under on this game, if you haven't looked at it, is only 39. So they're not anticipating a lot of points going up at all. That being said, I think that most, if not all, the points are going to go Seattle's way. I don't know what Arizona can do to score. Who's going to, where are the points going to come from?
2: right david johnson can only do so much and when you're stacking you know nine guys in the box and you've you're you're letting a safety spy david johnson because you're not worried about the -the over-the-top deep ball i mean that's why he's done nothing all year this year uh he's been completely shut down i think that um i think that we might actually see sam bradford in this game um i think josh rosen's gonna have a tough outing um I don't know if you can kill the kids confidence confidence by benching them at half, if they're getting crushed or you just ride it out and know that they're, you know, know that you're bad and just get them reps, I guess. So then he gets used to it and he's ready to go next year. Cause you, he, he was your first round draft pick. So you've got to get him in there sometime. Yeah. But if they want a chance at winning this game, I, I, I don't know. I don't three points. If, if you ask me, without the spread and you say seattle or arizona who's winning this game it's an easy pick seattle and seattle's not going to win by one or two points so i think the three just an easy pick yeah i think so too and I, a lot of it like we said is going to be the the quarterback
1: issues but the the other thing is like like i said was just there's nowhere for the points to come from so even if seattle has a really tough offensive day i think russ by himself is enough to put them at at you know, covering this, he really doesn't need much more than himself to win this game. I like Seattle. Like I said, it's at minus three and a half by that half point, even if you're not that confident with it. I think that's the play. And as far as football goes, I think that does it for this weekend for the free show picks. Again, every week, I'm going to keep pounding you guys with this. If you want more football picks, I want to navigate you over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. It is in the show notes. You can search for it. And another thing real quick, fistful is one word, not the two, not the two word fistful as in like the correct spelling of it. So F I S T F U L fistful. That's what we're going for. So, um, patreon.com forward slash fistful of cash. That's where we want to go uh and navigate you guys. If you want to support the podcast even, that's fine. You can make one-time donations, you can make donations for whatever you want just to say hey, just to support, just to say hey, like you guys, hate you guys, whatever. Pay me to get off the air. I don't care whatever it is that you want to do, but go over there um, and and, you know, support us. We appreciate the people that are there. Uh, shout out to you guys and the people that are coming in the future, future shout-outs as well. So as far as football goes, for free stuff, that's all the free stuff we're giving away. Uh, in terms of combat sports, we don't have a whole lot going on this weekend because we've got vs. Khabib next weekend, but there is a Bellator card this weekend. There is some money to be made there. We're going to put some of those on the Patreon page as well. But the one fight I do want to cover on the show is, Gegard Mousasi versus Rory McDonald for the middleweight strap in Bellator. Um, that's going down this weekend. And I know I'm hogging the mic here, Soup, but I'm just going to keep going. The The reason why both these guys left the UFC is to become champions. And both of them left and both of them have belts. Rory's the welterweight champ. Gegard's the middleweight champ. Neither one of them are looking to relinquish that title anytime soon but the only belt that's on the line this weekend is Gayguard's middleweight belt Rory's welterweight belt is not in contention and he's actually planning on fighting in Bellator's welterweight tournament their Grand Prix which also kicks off this weekend with uh what's his name Andre Korshev and Douglas Lima so there's a lot going on in Bellator right now it's going to be a good weekend now I know you've seen Rory fight before. I know you've seen Gegard fight before. Any insight, anything you like, don't like, you know, any opinion on this whatsoever?
2: I mean, obviously Gegard's got the size advantage in this one. Um, And a guy who can pack enough power to knock Mark Hunt out with one punch, you know, I mean, he's obviously got the strength advantage. It's just crazy to me that, he started out as a heavyweight and he's down to middleweight when Rory began as a lightweight. And now he's fighting at, you know, he's fighting at middleweight for this fight. Right. You know, it's two opposite ends of the spectrum meeting in the middle. Um, As far as value goes, I, you know, I think we're on the same page here with Rory being the better pick. I think, I think it is a closer fight than the odds suggest. Yeah, so
1: what it's coming in at is Rory's at plus 220 right now. I think the I think that fight is way closer than that plus 220. I don't feel confident in giving anybody a uh, a pick on how or when, but I do feel confident in my pick of who, and I like Rory in this fight and I like him in this fight for a couple different reasons. One of the reasons that I like Rory in this fight is Rory has a wider stance where he sits back a little bit more, where Gegard sort of has like this, um, I guess you'd say this more standard, almost walking forward Muay Thai stance that he does, and he tends to carry his hands really low. And one thing that Rory has really adopted and bought into since having basically losing his title fight. Uh, with Robbie Lawler by having his nose broken into a thousand pieces is he's real good about keeping them hands up and he's real good about staying online and throwing shots directly down the middle. You don't see a whole lot of looping shots for Mori. However, he will sneak right hands in just, just off center line to try to break the other side of those gloves. So if gay continues to walk forward and he holds that standard Muay Thai stance and just does that st- you know, that regular, uh, you know, glove to cheek defense, Rory's gonna sneak behind that. He's got pun- he's got knockout power. It's not necessarily one punch puts you to sleep power like Gaegard has, but uh there's definitely I think he's got the better gas tank and I think he's got more weapons than Musasi does. However, Musasi, like you said, he's got one punch knockout power. He's also a huge veteran of the fight game i mean you're talking about a guy with the exception of the ufc has won belts in every organization he's ever been in so i mean he is no you know he's no slouch at all i mean there's you're talking about a guy that has 52 this will be 53 total fights that's, I mean, that's almost unheard of anymore. Who, who out there right now is fighting? With the exception of maybe like Alistair Overeem, has fifty plus fights. I can think of Overeem, um, Alexio Olinick, and I guess, I, I guess it have to be Musasi. I don't know anybody else out there that has more. You know, is actively competitive with that many fights. He's a seasoned veteran. You're talking about a guy, uh, you know, Pride dream m1 global affliction uh you know literally everything he's ever been in with the exception of the ufc he's been a champion this guy is no joke whatsoever he is an absolute animal i just think that uh at a certain point there's a changing of the guard not that not that rory's real young but i think this is that you know double champs are all the rage um and there's a lot of guys that are doing it that that gap that talent gap has become bridged more so now than than ever before. I like Rory. I like his camp. I like where he comes from and I like his ability to uh get this win and I think at plus 220 he's a super value. So I'm going uh I'm going in on Rory for this pick. I like him a lot in this fight. That's what I that's what I like. That's what that's where I'm
2: at. So All right. I mean, that covers our five plays for the podcast. I know there's a couple of things we wanted to touch on Um, starting tomorrow. uh, It's like 2.15 Eastern Standard Time, the Ryder Cup. Yes, sir. I am super excited. The USA hasn't won the Ryder Ryder Cup when it's been in Europe in like 30 years. Um, This year, the U.S. is absolutely stacked. Um, Just – the Friday matchups for the four-ball matchups, um, the, the U.S. teams, um, the worst team that the U.S. has tomorrow is Brooks Kepka and Tony Finau, two guys who played absolutely amazing golf this year. Um, they're going up against Justin Rose and John Rahm. Obviously, we know how Justin Rose is playing. John Rahm is a, you know an absolute hothead, but when he is on, man, he crushes the ball and he can putt from anywhere on the green. Um, another matchup we've got is DJ and Ricky versus Rory and, uh, who's Rory matched up with Olsen. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, just another, just a powerhouse for the U S DJ and Ricky Fowler. You gotta love that. Um, Tigers matched up with Patrick Reed, uh, you know, Captain America, they're going up against Molinari and your boy, Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood. That's right. Um, and what I cannot wait to watch, I'm so excited to see these two play together. Best friends since the country club. Jordan Speeth and Justin Thomas are teamed up together. Um, they've got Hatton and Paul Casey. Paul Casey has let me down. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Paul Casey guy. He's let me down all year this year. Um, I think Spieth and Thomas run away with that matchup. And that's, that's tomorrow's lineup. Um, the U.S. is coming in at a minus 145. Um, England's at a, what, a plus 115 or something like that, I think. Yeah, yep. Um, Europe, not England. Sorry. I knew what, I knew yeah, what you meant. Yeah, yeah, Europe is at a plus 115. The draw is at a plus 1,000. Yeah, that's not – It's USA minus 145, I think it's great value. I think this is the year – Tiger's on fire, Brooks Koepka's on fire, and you still have, you know, the three best players in the world and Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and, uh, and DJ, not in any particular order. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Rory can do anything for Europe. I think Rory's the most talented player on tour. He just, it doesn't seem like he cares anymore. He cares more about how he looks and his personal life and actually how he plays on the golf course. Um I'm so excited for this man. I love the Ryder Cup and I love the fact that the USA is absolutely stacked this year.
1: You know me, I love anything where the US gets to compete against the rest of the world. Um I will go all in on underwater basket weaving if it's the US versus somebody else in the world. I don't care. I love it when it's us versus anybody looking at these matchups. I know that Fatrick and Tiger and Tigers playing wild and you know they're playing against Molinari and Fleetwood. I would have this is just me. I would avoid that matchup. Just because Reed has been steady and he's been steady to inconsistent, not steady to consistent. He's falling on that other end, although he's fantastic on the greens. And Tiger Woods is in a letdown spot he's coming off a huge win he got number 80 so can tiger continue to you know ride this wave or is he going to be let down is he is he gonna who is the air going to come down a little bit you know and he's going what does that look like uh and you know molinari and in my opinion fleetwood you know tommy fleetwood is playing some of the best golf in the world right now I would not be surprised if he comes out and just absolutely sets the course on fire. I don't think, you know, they've got that at minus 115 for Tiger and Patrick and um, minus 105 for Molinari and Fleetwood. That's, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's a lot of value there. Where I think there's value at matchup-wise here is DJ and Fowler against McElroy and Olsen. They've got DJ and Fowler coming in at minus 130. I think that they're going to punish Rory, and Olsen I, I I don't think that this plus 110 that they're giving Rory and Olsen is is fair at all I think that's a much more lopsided matchup than that I think that the value in all these matchups I like Johnson and Fowler there at minus 130 now obviously we're just talking here I'm not you know I'm not putting the 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 fist microphone stamp of approval on this pick I'm just telling you what I think looking at this I like that DJ and Fowler team i like them in that matchup against rory and olsen and coming in at minus 130 that looks like a line that i'm pretty sure i'm gonna pound tomorrow what do you, you know think?
2: what i don't like it's, i i agree with you uh, i agree with you on the dj and and uh ricky um ricky threw you know 54 holes this year if if golf events were only 54 holes Ricky would have been a top five player in the, in the, uh, on tour this year. He was unbelievable for the first three rounds and could just never finish. Eventually he's got to win a major. He's the best golfer to never win a major. Um, I think I, man, I think Tiger carries, I think he keeps going. this is, this is a prideful thing for him, you know, representing the country. Um, the thing I don't like is that Phil Mickelson made the Ryder cup. I hate He's just been so bad, man. And so the, the, these are the, these are the lineups. You've got DJ, Justin Thomas, uh, Brooks Kepka, tiger speed Fowler, Patrick Reed, Bryson DeChambeau. Who's an absolute douchebag.
1: Um, <laughs> that's because you don't like his
2: name. <laughs> no, it's because he's a crybaby. I've never seen somebody act the way he acts on the golf course. Um, <laughs> Tony Finau, Bubba Watson, Go Dogs, uh, Webb Simpson, and Phil Mickelson. And now on Europe's side, Rory, Justin Rose, um, John Rahm, Fleetwood, Molinari, Ian Poulter, uh, Sergio, Paul Casey, Hatton, Olsson. The two X factors I think for Europe are the two Swedes, Henrik Stenson and Alex Noren. Okay. I I think either one of them could really put together, um, an an impressive cup, and swing in Europe's favor. Um, I like Henrik Stenson. I actually bet, um, Alex Noren to win, the uh to win the Masters. Um, and after two days he was in contention, and then just melted on the third day. Uh, right. I, I like the Swedes. I think they both play very good, consistent golf. Um, but. I still I'm USA minus minus one forty five. I think that that's just, they're just so loaded, man. It's, it's unbelievable. If Phil can shoot even par, that would be huge for them. And that's got, I think the way he's playing right now, it's going to be an absolute struggle, which leads me just, i stay on golf a little bit away from the Ryder cup. Thanksgiving weekend, tiger versus Phil. The, they are on opposite ends of the spectrum right now the way Tiger's playing and the way Phil's playing. The line just keeps, you know, people are just pounding Tiger. He opened at a minus 125, and he's up last I saw, I think, a minus 210. And I think, you know, I think the Sharps are going to come in right before it starts and bet Tiger even more. Um, I don't like that it's match play. Um, If it was just normal stroke play, I think Tiger destroys him. But... Phil can go out and shoot a triple bogey, and you know Tiger shoot an eagle, when it still only counts as one hole, right? Which is silly, but I mean, i get it. You know, they're, they're ten million dollars on the line. They're going to make probably fifty million apiece from sponsors and TV deals. But I just Tiger's playing great. I think he carries on. I think he does well in the Ryder Cup. I really do. I think all the momentum's on his side.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I mean, like I said, he, he's, its it can only be one or the other. And, you know, hopefully for the sake of the country, no pressure. I, you know, hopefully your scenario is right. I'm going to say one more thing about this because you got to get the wagers in before the cutoff time tomorrow. Um, as far as top European point score, Ian Poulter's coming in at a plus 1400. That dude is Mr. Consistent. That's good value on him because he's going to play well the whole tournament. So just keep an eye out. Ian Poulter is playing great golf right now, and he is basically robotic. So just throwing that out there. Uh, plus 1400 I like the way that looks. Not necessarily, I'm not like really, you know, uh, really wild about it. But, you know, I, I, I like that. I, I, I like that play at that price. That's all that's that's about all I got for golf. Uh Ryder Cup I'm I'm super excited about it though.
2: Yeah. Um and top point scorer overall Jordan Speeths coming in at a plus 1500. We know what Speeths capable of. Um he could easily be the top point scorer in this. Rory's the favorite at plus 7. You've got Rory, Justin Rose, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Brooks, uh Tiger above Jordan Speeth right now and Speeth can outshoot every single one of those guys on any given day. So yeah, uh, let's not forget that he was number one in the world for quite a while. So no, don't
1: abs- don't sleep yeah. on that. Right. So he's, he's had a, He's in a, he's in a Valley, you know, but water always finds its level and that's a, that's great value on a guy of his talent. I absolutely agree with you on that. So unless you've got anything else golf related, I just want to go, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Yeah,
2: that's it. That's All right. It for this weekend.
1: All right, guys. Well, that's what we got for this weekend. We appreciate everybody listening. Our numbers have never been better. We are actually been listened to, downloaded, and subscribed in 15 different countries. 15 different countries. I know that's that's breaking news for you, Soup. You didn't know that number. We're up to 15 countries now.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. And we appreciate every single one of you guys. Yes. Um, this, you guys are why we do this. Um, we could easily sit down and just talk about this on the phone or you know, over Xbox or whatever. But, you know, we put together this podcast for you guys, um, and we appreciate every single listen that we get. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I mean, that's that's not just blowing smoke. That is 100% genuine. Um, and in doing that, you know, I'm just going to, uh, again, I'm, I'm just, I'm flying off the cuff here, and I'm doing things that I didn't tell you I was going to do because I'm feeling a little wild and a little crazy tonight. I want to give shout outs to a couple of our listeners, um, Fort Worth, Texas, Denver, Seattle, and Lake Oswego, Oregon, you guys have been riding with us from the very beginning. I see you. I see you pop up on at midnight. You guys are popping up when we post these things on Friday. I see that. I appreciate you. Um, you know, there's some other, other cities that have been popping up that you guys have been riding with us since day one as well. Appreciate that. Everybody that listens in New York, LA, Denver, uh, St. Louis, ogden utah and las vegas you guys are all over us every single episode i appreciate that i'm thankful for you uh you know and if i I can make one request of our awesome listener base and i know you're tired of hearing me say this what am i going to ask for soup what am i going to ask for an itunes review please go to itunes like, subscribe, review that helps us out more than anything else. It helps this community grow. And we've said it before, I'll say it again the more we grow, the more you grow, the more opportunities we have, the more giveaways we'll do. We need iTunes Review to move us up the charts. Once we get up there enough, you know, we're already in the top 20 in most categories. Once we're up there, it just happens organically. I don't have to ask anymore, and then we can just go ahead and keep going with the giveaways. We've got another giveaway planned. There's going to be a Black Friday giveaway and a Thanksgiving giveaway. They're going to be way bigger than the ones that we've done before, but we're prepping for those now. So be on the lookout. Let's get those iTunes reviews up. Like, subscribe, review, share, all that stuff. You guys are great. I love you. I appreciate you. Good luck, everybody, this weekend. I'm signing off. I'll see you guys on Tuesday. Good luck, everybody.
2: Absolutely, guys. Uh, Dan Bailey, two for two for the Minnesota Vikings. So the kicking problems have been solved. Uh, As always, clear eyes, full fist, can't lose.